Hey, listen. Welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast. My name is Jeffrey Morse. This is episode 62. Welcome. 62. <laughs> I am Robot 62. I have been turned into Robot playing Destiny 2. <laughs> Did you just it say looked... Robot? Robot. He is the Nathan bot. I... Nathan looked like he had something to say here at the intro, and then he just stared at me and just started talking like a robot. So I, I apologize again uh, to the, the listeners here, but uh, bear so with us. we should bear make bets on how many times you've apologized for my intro to the show. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the people probably secretly like it. But uh, we, we got a fun show for you guys here today. Um, obviously, Destiny 2 is out in the wild. Uh, Nathan and I have been playing uh, Destiny, shooting aliens, exploring the solar system uh, frantically with uh, many, many hours of gameplay already, so we will be hitting you with our impressions of that, and um, I have a, a few few other surprises for you this show, uh, but before we do that, um, we do have a few uh, news stories that we wanted to hit you, and Rob, I know that you wanted to get in your two cents here, so I'll just let you take, take it from here. <laughs> Oh, so this is just something, um, if you were listening to an episode, I think it was two weeks ago, I think it was episode 60, where they were talking about um, Assassin's Creed Origins was announced, that a couple of new trailers were put out at uh, Gamescon, and as I, I listened to the podcast afterwards, yes, we listened to our own podcast, because we're cool like that. <laughs> Someone has to. <laughs> Someone has to. Um but I, I noticed, Nathan, you had mentioned that um, the fact that Egypt and Rome were together was weird, because ancient Egypt and Rome didn't go together, so Assassin's Creed bending the rules again. And I just would like to point out, Egypt and Rome did exist together. Cleopatra and Mark Antony. Because like the Assassin's Creed fanboys are here to put out the fire <laughs> and... Spread the knowledge. Well, Nathan is a big history buff, yeah. so... No, yeah, that's I why thought, it actually like, surprised me. Well, I guess I was just thinking that it was set, like, in ancient Egypt, like... Yeah, because that's the initial impression ago. that they gave us. Um, and I hadn't really looked too much into the game, but... Yeah. You are correct, Cleopatra was around during the Roman Empire, so... And it Empire sounds like Rome. Assassin's Creed Origins is set up and in kind of the, the 50 BC era, 50 to 30 BC, which... If you know a little bit about history, Julius Caesar and Cleopatra had a, you know, kind of a... A, a little something-something. No, they were, they were more like business partners. Business and then partners Mark Antony and Cleopatra had... Yeah, they, there was probably some benefits going on there as well. But also during that time, Julius assassinated. Cleopatra was assassinated by a snake. Which could okay. be Here's the final point. Rob is defending AC Origins because he says that I claim wrongly that AC Origins isn't going to have fake history in it. But I guarantee <laughs> you there will be fake history in AC Origins because I've seen a bunch of things that don't exist in real life in the trailers. It's well, all real. Assassin's Creed that's, that's is all real. It's real history. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Wait, are you mean, meaning to tell me that Leonardo da Vinci did not create a flying machine for assassins to kill the Pope in? Like an Assassin's Creed 2? Yes. That didn't actually happen? Oh. I, I don't think he created it for the assassins. 
but uh, yeah, that, that game is just completely been ruined. <laughs> it's still looking pretty good. Robbie, you you planning to pick that one up? Um, on launch? I probably won't pick it up at launch. I'm probably I it launches late October, so I think what I'm gonna do is wait until Black Friday and see if I can pick up a good deal on it. It's kind of my it's kind of my last like. I wasn't sure if I was going to get it, and the more I've seen of it, the more I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it and try and get it before 2017 ends. So. Rob, we all know this is like me and the Switch. I was like, I'm not going to get a Switch. <laughs> and then, sure enough, I pre-ordered it and got it on day one. Yep. I think I think for me, my biggest, like, keep myself from paying full price for it. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's my biggest Black goal. Black Friday is just a few weeks after, so you got a good chance. Yes. Um, cool. So we do have a couple uh, remaster uh, stories that came out this last week. Um, first is L.A. Noir is going to be re-released on the PS4, Xbox One, and the Switch. And the HTC Vive. <laughs> and the Vive. Yeah. It's, it's coming to everything, which is, I mean, we tweeted this out earlier, but it's kind of cool because, you know, for Xbox and PS4, really this is the first time the game's in 4K. They're putting it out to, you know, be in a 4K version. On the Switch, it's the first time it's ever been portable, um, so that's the cool thing about the Switch version. And then obviously the the Vive is the first time a game like that's really been in the uh, on a virtual, virtual reality. reality. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's kind of cool that it's coming to all these different platforms. They're kind of bringing a a different reason for each one of why you should uh, consider picking it up. But the Switch tax is back in full force. The Nintendo Switch version costs a full ten dollars more. I believe it's. Is it but it's just the physical. And the other versions are forty dollars. Yeah. This but is isn't it just the physical version? version? Yeah, because the digital version is still the same price on all systems, but it's the physical version of La Noir, which makes sense because it is a uh, is an SD card versus like the um, or a cartridge versus a CD. So yeah, right. yeah well, those, those cartridges are you know. They do, are, do cost a little bit more if you don't get like the very very small size that like a smaller game could fit on. Um, you know you do have to buy those through Nintendo, and you know some developers have been you know kind of slowly saying, hey, you know, you're you might have to pay a little bit more if you want this one. I know like the Axiom Verge guys and the Ryan people like, yes, it's ten dollars more, but we're gonna give you you know some extra bonus goodies. We'll give you a yeah. soundtrack. We'll give you you know some other cool stuff. So. I don't know, we'll see see if the uh, Switch version comes with anything. I'm, I'm guessing not, but I don't know, it's kind of this interesting saga of Nintendo Switch games, you know, having to cost a little bit more in different different online and different uh, physical costs, and then, you know, I don't People... think we talked about the NBA 2K thing, but NBA 2K is requiring you to buy a micro SD card if you would like to play it on the Switch, whether you download it or play it physical. If I was at Nintendo right now, I'd be like, Screw it. We should have never even tried to bring third parties back. We were fine with just not having any third parties. Now we bring them, and people are complaining about this and this that will never make people happy. Well, the floodgates are open now. Like, now yeah. that 2K, you know, it's a really big, popular annual franchise. It's coming to the Switch. You know, the Switch isn't getting Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty or, you know, Madden or a lot of these other big third party games this year. But now that 2K is kind of putting this standard, <laughs> hey, you know, Come to Switch, it's okay. You know, you can just make people buy a SD card or maybe charge a little more for your game. It's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. Will, will this will this still be happening a year or two from now? Where more and more games yeah. be doing this? I mean, the Switch so. is selling really well, and it seems like more and more people want to get on board with it. So I do think we'll start to see more of those third party games coming. And this seems like the way it's going to be is, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, this is the way it's going to be because cards do cost a little bit more, and yeah. they're just going to pass that cost on to the consumers. So when, if you don't like it, is... buy a huge micro SD card and buy everything digital. Yeah, and with LA Noir going to the Switch, this is kind of an interesting move because first off, it is a Rockstar game, which you know, one Rockstar doesn't really care that one version costs more than the other or less or whatever. Because they're still making five billion dollars. They still made on GTA you know, Online. I mean, <laughs> how much money they make every day off of GTA Five right now? And yeah, and yeah, but all they're their a other company, Rockstar projects. and they're trying to make as much the most amount of money that they can so yeah but like also that does kind of you know we know that rockstar was probably developing this version for the switch before like 2k is not the the opening into this it's not not. like you know 2k came out and they're like oh hey that would be a good idea but the fact that rockstar now has a game that is coming out on the switch is huge um we already got Bethesda um with uh elder scrolls but the fact that, like, L.A. Noir is coming to the Switch is kind of a huge announcement to all the other game developers that, hey, one of the most successful um, AAA studios is going to back a game on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's my, pretty cool. My, my counterpoint to that, Rob, is, yes, you know, it's Rockstar putting a game out. Yes, you know, Bethesda's putting a game out. But... These aren't their their top games. This is not Fallout 4. This is not Red Dead 2. This is not GTA 5. These are old games that came out over five years ago that are finally kind of getting ported. I feel like yep. these developers are still very much testing the waters. And you know, we yeah. have Although Skyrim is one of those games that's still making millions of dollars. Yeah, it, it did come out so. six years ago. It came out so. over six it's years true. ago. If you've wanted to play old. Skyrim, you've probably already put a hundred hours. It's on every single like it's coming to what like mobile and VR next. Like it's it's on pretty much yeah. everything. So I think I think Jaeger makes a good point in the comments. He said, "Why not Bully?" Eleanor was blah. I completely agree with that. Um, I yeah. played Bully on the Wii. It was really fun. It was kind of a really cool idea. And I'd much rather have that than L.A. Noir. I want Red Dead Redemption. I would, love, I would <laughs> love Bully Remaster or a Bully sequel. Yeah. Be I want, game. actually, Rockstar Table Tennis. I had that for the 360. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really great game. I paid. I got a GameStop for like three bucks, so it was totally worth it. But um, Anyways, moving on. Um, our other, other remaster news. Uh, Okami is uh, coming out. HD kind of re-release uh, for PS4 and Xbox One. It's kind of like a definitive version of the game. It's going to feature um, some bonus features that were kind of missing from some of the last couple ports. And um, it is going to have, I think, like a couple of mini games and stuff. And then it will be playable in either the standard, you know, kind of not widescreen view. Or you can look at the new HD expanded. It will be in 4K. And it's coming out for PS4 and Xbox One, which... Capcom said that Street Fighter 2 sold really well on the Switch, and they're going to support support it more because of that. And here we have all these ports coming out for everything except for Switch. Like Disney Afternoon Collection, no. Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, no. And now this game, Okami, which sold really well as like a Wii game, um, is not coming to Switch. So maybe it's announced tomorrow in the Nintendo Direct. I don't know, but I still feel like these developers are saying they're going to support the Switch, but they're not really putting the effort forward but no yeah but it depends on the developer i think developers want to kind of cater to the switch and bring games that they think they can port relatively easily and be able to make a decent amount of money i don't think they're going to bring their newest biggest franchises like 
Assassin's Creed or Call of Duty. Um, but we will well, get I think it's in different the development and... cycle. But old Capcom NES games not being on a Switch. That yeah, does that not is make sense. really ridiculous. And, that's yeah. just, honestly, like, that's Capcom saying we don't want money because I'm sure Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 would sell the best on the Switch. Yeah. That's probably true. Well, but, no, Kami's like, what? It came out on the PS1 back in like 2002. PS2, PS2 yeah, like 2005, I think. Yeah, was that was, it was, it was a, a long game time ago. And, it had a it's uh, like, cult cult uh following and stuff like that so it was a mm-hmm. pretty pretty popular game they released it on the wii and they put some cool motion controls and some other stuff and then again remastered it for ps3 and hd and so we're finally seeing it come forward into this generation and it's always been a game i've wanted to play i almost picked it up on my ps3 a couple times during sales but i don't know i i don't know if it would have room on my ps4 with how many games i already have on there but if it was a portable <laughs> game on the switch i'd probably give it give it a chance but I don't know. Seems like a good game for the Switch, but I mean, Zelda is the best game on the Switch, and it's supposedly kind of like Zelda, so I, I don't see why not. But, anyways, um, our la- last news piece also has to do with Nintendo. They came out and said this week that they will bring back the NES Classic next year in 2018, um, which is kind of big news because they, you know, announced, hey, you know. We're cutting it off. We're not making any more. It's discontinued. We didn't think this many people would want it. But it is coming back next year. If you want an NES Classic still, you d- you haven't given up hope. <laughs> it's coming back ne- next, uh, next, next summer, year. Next summer, right? Um, I believe they announced summer 2018. It could, could be summer. I, I'm guessing, yeah, it'd be after, after the first half of the year. Um, and then yeah. Reggie also did an interview saying that, hey, if you want a Super Nintendo Classic, don't you know, pre-order, buy pre-order off eBay, don't buy from scalpers. We have improved the stock. Like, there's going to be way more than there was for NES, and he's kind of reinforcing that there. There's going to be plenty to go around, which I am still very skeptical. Like, he can keep saying this, but until, you know, it comes out and people are able to find one or pre-order pages are open for more than, you know, 10 seconds, uh, I don't know if I believe that. But I don't know. It's Nintendo's in this weird thing where it seems like, you know, what can they do? They can make more of Super Nintendo. They can bring the NES Classic back, which they're doing, but they just don't have a lot of good faith behind, yeah. <laughs> behind it. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But we don't have good faith. It's yeah, cool. it's kind of... I think it's a good move that they're bringing the Classic back, but it is a little bit of an odd move. Like, did they give in to the peer pressure, the customer's pressure, or was this the plan all along? I think... I mean, I think they originally probably had a contract to make a certain amount of consoles, and once they hit that thing and then obviously they were going to start making snes's so they had to stop making the nes and they're like well people still really wanted them and we're really upset about it so why not we uh do another contract and make more so not to mention they were putting resources towards making this thing called a switch which they originally were not planning on selling more than 10 million this year and i think they bumped it up to 16 or 18 million yep so definitely want to get those guys out too but Anyways, let us know. Um, are you still interested in buying this classic, Nathan? I knew you were interested vaguely when it released. Um, are you? Do you even care at this point? If, if I think it came at this point, next year? like I, I've played years at your house a fair amount. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really care that much. The NES is great, but I don't really want to go back to it for longer than like a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah a couple minutes. Like <laughs> yeah. the games that I would want to play on there, like maybe the original Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Brothers, I can play on my Wii U Virtual Console and. Maybe my Switch Virtual Console, if that ever happens. <laughs> <Some point>. but, <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Um, all right. Well, um, before we jump into our next uh, segment, we just wanted to give a quick shout-out to some of the people who follow us on Twitter, at Halison underscore games. 
In our last episode, we played uh, Desert Island. Nathan challenged us to say, hey, if we could only pick three video games to bring with us to a desert island, uh, or deserted island, excuse me, uh, what three games would we bring? There's only three games you play for the rest of your life. So check out last week's episode, episode 61, if you want to hear our thoughts. But we uh, put, put the question up on Twitter. We got some, uh, some good responses. So uh, the first response we wanted to read was, um, at Wizard Wesley 37, he replied and he said, My three games, GTA San Andreas, Super Mario 64, and the Uncharted Collection, which is technically one game. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, that's a, a good, good list. point. I mean, Uncharted, I, didn't, I thought about that. I was like, oh, which Uncharted game should I pick? But he says the whole series. And I was like, that's so brilliant. Yeah, it's the whole collection. It's on PS4. It looks, looks a little bit better. Um, and then, you know, you have all the different difficulties and treasures and stuff that can keep you keep you busy for a while, for sure. That is a nice variety. You got San Andreas from, like, 2003, Super Mario 64 from 96, and then Uncharted from uh, a couple little, years ago. A little more modern, yeah. Yep. Um, and then uh, another one we had in here. Nathan, you want to read this list right here? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Ebbs, uh, 06 on Twitter, said, Bloodborne, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Call of Duty Black Ops 3. I love Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That one you could definitely put a lot of time into i personally don't like bloodborne but i could see why someone who's a fan of those souls yeah, games would want to, br- like it. want to bring bloodborne there's a lot of content especially it's... if you're bad at video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll keep you busy keep nathan busy for like an entire turn yeah um <laughs> black ops 3 is that like the most recent like is uh, that one no. usually high regarded well, or is this... black ops is the most highly regarded call of duty series like that's most loved by the fans so okay. that's the most recent black ops game not surprised then obviously you got your multiplayer there to play as long as you want yeah um cool so one more i wanted to give a shout out to was at m varga 18 he said sonic adventure 2 battle which is the gamecube edition the superior definitive edition of sonic um and then any mario kart game and maybe ocarina of time um obviously you can't really go wrong ocarina of time there what what mario game mario kart game would you guys choose would you guys choose mario kart 8 or i would choose 8 because i think it's it's my favorite um mm-hmm. the amount of characters and <laughs> courses and stuff like that rob's like i don't need more than than 16 levels just put me on rainbow road i'm gonna levels. do that jump off to the left all day get that down i know there's a good Dude, amount of people who would choose 64 just for block four in battle mode. oh that's a good point <laughs> but true. if you're on desert island you can't really desert island you can't really play with anyone that's true you can play with the computer. Is there bots? I don't think there's bots. I don't know. I thought nope. there was a bot in... Well, there's bots in... There's bots in Versus, not in Battle. Yeah, I don't think there's bots in Battle. But anyways... You uh, can probably hack it. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, you got that time. much time on your hands. Uh, so, so thank yeah. you to everyone who uh, responded and uh, let us let us know your thoughts. As always, having a conversation with you guys on the Twitter at Halison underscore games. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun uh, talking with you guys there, so... Um, our next uh, piece piece of news here. Uh, sorry, Jaeger is is in the comments. So excited about Internet Island. Nathan set the ground rules. He said you could pick a game. Hey, Internet and play Island it is a real place. <laughs> it, is, it is. You did say that we could have online features. Yep. Yes. So I like I picked Overwatch as one of my games because I could play online. But anyways, moving on. Um, today's National Video Game Day. Apparently, woo! Congratulations, yeah, yeah. video games. Um, obviously, we're big fans of video games on the show, and so we thought just kind of as a tribute 
to our, our, our day in American history that is dedicated to us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what games have, have we put more than 100 hours into? Like, just what games have been such, such big games and we've played a lot? Do you guys think you have five or more games that you've put more than 100 hours into? I've been thinking about it. I think I, I think I have five. Maybe. Have, what about ten? Do you have ten? I don't, think I, don't, I, I don't think I'd have 10. I mean, it's hard to know because when like you're... with all those multiplayer games, like, I feel yeah, like... Yeah, like, like modern with multiplayer games, I could totally get up there. But, like, when I was a kid, like, playing, like, 64 and GameCube and stuff, like, I played those all the time. But I have no... Like, I don't know if I played no Mario 64 played for, like, 100 hours or 700 hours. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just yeah. played played those games all the time as a kid. So, I, I honestly don't know. But Yeah, um, there's definitely a lot of those games I was trying to think of because... Yeah, like you said, playing with your friends or just by yourself on a lot of those 64 games, GameCube, mm-hmm. like early games where they didn't have the really handy-dandy, this is how long you've been playing, be depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Which, Sony, I know you're listening, please put that as a feature in the PlayStation 4. Yeah. I really want it. I, I mean, it can't be that hard to do, right? No. I mean, it can tell you how long you've been in a party chatting with your friends, <laughs> so, but you can't tell me how, how long I've played a game. But uh, I'm just going to say Smash Bros, because I've played probably every Smash Bros, other than the 64. I didn't own 64 growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, but Melee, uh, so that was my first Smash Bros game that I owned. Me and my brothers played the crap out of it. We brought the GameCube everywhere we went. We would just bring, like, grab it so by the handle. So you used the handle. Oh, yeah. You were the dorky people <laughs> in the commercial. We, oh, we brought that gosh. GameCube everywhere, and we would just play Melee. And it was it's kind of a game that everyone played. Um, yeah. yeah, it's true. So play, played that a ton. I even had like held tournaments and stuff like that with friends. It was awesome. And then... Uh, Brawl, when that came out, I was all into that. Uh, played that tons and tons and tons. I had tournaments with my high school friends. And then, obviously, Smash 4 put in, I think, over 200 hours, especially if you count the 3DS version as well. Um, lo- lots of fun with Smash. It's kind of the game that you can just play forever if you have friends. So, <laughs> Def- definitely those yeah, three Smash Smash, uh, I know definitely for me, Super Smash Brothers Brawl and Smash 4, I've put well over 100 hours into with mm-hmm. both those games. Um I didn't play Melee as much, and I played the 64 one a lot uh, with my next-door neighbor, but probably not 100 hours. Yeah. <clears throat> what about you, Rob? I, well, I was just kind of thinking, because, you know, I know all three of us can say that we've put over 100 hours into a couple of, like, big adventure or RPG games. Like, I know both of you guys, I think, put over 100 hours into Breath of the Wild. Um, Almost. I, I definitely like did. Jeff is not quite there. I don't I'll think. get it yeah. when the DLC comes out. Yeah. I'll hit 100. Yeah. But, you know, um, there's a couple of RPGs that I thought of. Like, I put probably 100 hours into several of the Mass Effect games, as well as uh, Dragon Age Origins. Um, Those Bioware games. Those Bioware games. Yeah, I I realize that it's all Bioware. I I have not put 100 hours into Fallout or into Elder Scrolls, so I have that going for me. (laughs) But the one game I was actually really thinking of is Age of Empires 2. Oh, yeah. I've talked about this one on the show before, but I glanced Every at, week. Every week. Uh, I like to talk <laughs> I, I about can, it a lot. Almost as much as I like to talk about Assassin's Creed. <laughs> but don't let the... You know, but I, I got to balance these two out when they talk about Mario and yeah. Zelda every week. Oh, so, sure. um, I think... But I, I was looking at my, uh, my Steam library because, you know, it, it tells you how many hours you put into a game. Yeah. I put 100 hours into the high-definition version of Age of Empires 2 on Steam. Mm-hmm. So just and I had the, the game... most recent version in the last like three years. Yeah, and I had <laughs> the game 
back when it was on just normal CD, as well as I've played it at friends' houses yeah. with friends. And For so sure. I, I guarantee I've probably put two or three hundred hours into it. Yep. Yeah, for, for me, the other one, other ones I could think of is uh, um, obviously I'm a huge Mario fan. Grew up playing those games to death. So Mario All Stars, playing through all the different games on that on that cartridge, uh, growing up, definitely hit a hundred hours at least. Uh, Mario sixty four as well. I just I would play that game, like get all the stars and just restart it and just play it again. <laughs> like I just love that game so much. And then um, really up up and up until like more modern game, like the HD era of gaming, really the only games I think I've really hit. 100 on or probably some like shooters and stuff so definitely got in halo 3 probably in halo reach as well mm-hmm. um maybe in in gears of war 2 or 3 because i just played so much horde mode <laughs> with friends and stuff um and then obviously now destiny overwatch overwatch i think i'm almost at 100 i'm at like 95 or something but mm-hmm. um, destiny definitely put way over 100 <laughs> yes in that game but yeah, yeah i'm pretty much the ones? same uh I can't think of any ones that I put 100 hours into back in the day. Like, obviously, like we talked about, I have no idea if I put 100 hours into any games on 64 or anything like that. I think uh, Animal Crossing, uh, one of the Animal Crossings mm. I've probably put 100 hours into. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to think about that one because there's kind of the games that are more like the simulation games. Yeah. And I'm sure I've put probably 100 hours into just The Sims series over the years. Not just The Sims, but also like Sim City and Sim Zoo and like Sim Streets of Sim City. Rollercoaster Tycoon. Is, I put a lot of hours. Yeah, that, that was the other one I was thinking of is Rollercoaster Tycoon. And so I've probably put about 100 hours into a lot of those. Honestly, Nathan, I'm just surprised that you didn't put Flappy Bird on your list. I know you were close to breaking 100 on Flappy Bird. Yeah. <laughs> the Flappy greatest Bird. game of an era. More like... Uh... Oh, no, I can't even think of the name. <laughs> I did put over 100 hours into Pokemon Y, so I will say that. Nice, there you go. Uh, oh, okay, Horizon Omen yeah. says, Witcher 3... Mario Superstars Baseball and probably Sushi Cat. Yeah, hey, I have heard very good things about Sushi Cat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember walking walking into Horizon's popular. room. We went to college together, and he he had all you know all these video games. He he always bragged he had like you know five video game systems hooked up in his room, and he's sitting there on his computer playing a flash game called Sushi Cat, which is like I think it's like a pachinko game where you like put food into <laughs> to a cat's mouth. I'm like, what are you doing? But no, Mario, Mario Baseball is a good choice. I'd love to see that series come back. Oh yeah, sure. but um, great. So um, let's just kind of segue. We thought we would jump into what we're playing next before we give you any of our Destiny Two impressions. Um, but I, I have to kind of eat my words here a little bit because when the PS4 Pro was first announced, I was very skeptical. I'm like, who is this for? If you don't have a 4K TV, I don't see why you would buy this. But like last week, GameStop had this great trading deal, and I had like a bunch of credit laying around and. It made it really easy for me to get an upgrade with the Destiny 2 and the PS4 Pro. And I ended up just going for it. And I, I got, got the system. And um, I, I, like if you would have asked me two weeks ago if I'd owned a PS4 Pro this week, I would have said no. Um, so it, that just kind of happened. But I, I, overall, I think I'm, I'm really liking it. I really like the design of the, the white Destiny uh, 2 like, edition of it. And um, yeah, do you, got, do you guys like, like hit me? Like, what are your questions? Like, do you have any? Uh, about the PS4 Pro or anything because I've, I've had some time with it. Really now. experience any? Like, is it worth it for you? Don't have a 4K TV, right? I don't, I don't have a 4K. So, is it worth it right for now. you without a 4K TV? Well, like my thinking is like I'm probably in the market for a 4K TV in a year or two. Um, 
I, I couldn't can't afford it like now but, or anytime soon. But like right now, as a as a uh, you know 1080p display user, I would say probably not unless you have a situation like I did where like I was able to trade it and like basically mm-hmm. get it for little to no extra money. Um, yeah. So I would definitely not recommend you buying it just outright for five hundred dollars. Um, if you know money isn't really an issue to you and you want the best PS4 and you haven't jumped into PS4, sure, go ahead, go for it. But um, really, the the benefits of having and not having 4K is um, number one, it's a lot lot quieter. <laughs> my old PS4, it is my, nice. my OG PS4, you know that fan, it would like sound like a jet engine taking off sometimes, yeah. especially when you start games and everything. So. Uh, that is nicer. Really it's really compared to the 360s fan. That thing was a beast as well when it worked. I <laughs> um, think it was an aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot quieter, which is nice. It's a lot cooler. Um, system UI, like that's not really changed. Like it's it's obviously the mm-hmm. same PS4 like UI, but it's not really fast or anything, which I thought was disappointing. I was kind of hoping yeah. it would be a little snappier. Like PlayStation Store, like still takes a little while to navigate, um, mm. stuff like that, and so. That, that's more that of a, a little software disappointing. issue, probably. Yeah, but that's more of a yeah. software. But it does have you know all this extra processing power. And um, really, the only game I've really tried so far, I'm going to try Horizon Zero Dawn tonight. Um, but basically, there's a list of games. I think right now the list is about 60, 70 games uh, long. Mm-hmm. And those are games that are, are kind of officially supported by PS4 Pro. And so those developers have their own options to basically put in whatever they want. Uh, the PS4 Pro to take advantage of. So, um, obviously, most of those games will all support native 4K, and then a lot of times those games will support like checkerboarding 4K, which means the PS4 Pro is literally processing and outputting a 4K signal, but then it just kind of takes that 4K and kind of shrinks that, makes it look really nice on a 1080p. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not getting 1080p, but I'm not getting 4K. I'm kind of getting like an in between uh, with some games and. Um, with Shadow of Mordor, that which is obviously an older game, it's not you know a technical masterpiece nowadays. Yeah, that was gonna be my question. Um, that that was one game I did try, and when you start the game and go into graphics, you can choose basically um, 4K mode. Which obviously, if you're playing a 4K television, you have really really good clarity 4K. Um, but if you're on 1080p, it won't do 4K, but like I said, it'll kind of checkerboard it down and make it look extra crisp um, still. And I could definitely tell an improvement from when I played it on my old PS4. Um, and then you could also choose a 1080p resolution mode, which basically locks your frame rate at 60 frames per second, while the 4K mode might not necessarily hit 60 frames per second. Um, and then there's improved graphical features, like there's better anti-aliasing, there's better shadows, lighting. And so there's like literally just like different graphical features that you can just kind of activate if you want. And so um, a lot of these games are kind of giving you the choice, which I think is kind of cool. And it's kind of pushing it more towards, I think, that PC crowd who's used to, you know, what do I want my PC settings to be? What yeah. do I want my game to output and look like? Um, so it's kind of cool that they kind of give you the choice of what you want your game to look like. But um yeah, like I said, I haven't tried on a 4K TV yet. Um, I'm going to be trying that out later tonight. Nathan, you got a 4K TV, so I, I brought my PS4 Pro over. I'm going to try it and see, see what the I, difference is. This is going to be bad because I've been kind of very critical of the PS4 Pro and don't think it's worth it. So later tonight, I might have to change my opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But um, yeah, overall, you know, it's it it's good. It's it, For some reason, I have issue posting videos into YouTube. Like, it won't let me sign into YouTube and post things. I don't know if that's a PS4 Pro thing or what, but like apparently there's 
sometimes there's bugs that are in the pro that aren't in the regular PS4. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying. Like I had Destiny crashing me once or twice. Um, and apparently that's only a bug that's in the pro. Um, which is just kind of odd. I mean, you wouldn't think that would happen necessarily. But it is nice having a one terabyte hard drive. I will say that. It's, it gives you a little like bit that. more room in there and stuff. But um, A little bit more room to uh, leave some of your games installed instead of doing the, yeah. I got a new game. Now, which yeah. game do I not love anymore? <laughs> yes, and, exactly. And, you know, every every game, like big Sony, you know, kind of published game or big PlayStation game is going to come out uh, with, you know, PS4 Pro 4K and supporting those features. And yeah. so... You know, Rise of Zero Dawn and everything you know beyond is really gonna look a lot better yeah. on Pro. While while the older games, not necessarily. There's a boost mode that kind of loads uh, or speeds up loading times and helps the frame rate stay more steady. But uh, older games, not necessarily. You won't see as much of a benefit. Well, but. you know, I think it's good to have options, and it gives people the op- people who want their games to look better that option, and doesn't leave out everyone else. Yeah. So I think it's good. I myself, I think I'm just gonna wait two or three years for the PS5 and get mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm I'm kind of banking on the PS5 not coming out for a while, uh, uh, so, so we'll see. But, yeah. Um, and and if you are interested, I got the Destiny 2 model, which like I said, looks white. It looks a lot better in the black, in my opinion, and. It comes with the game and the expansion pass, which is like a ninety dollar value, and so you are saving, uh, I think, about forty bucks if you if you get that too. So, nice. um, just to FYI for everyone out there. But um, yeah, other other than Shadow of Mordor, I, I did play a little bit of um, Uncharted: Lost Legacy. Finally, kind of jumped in the first couple chapters. Um, I it's kind of weird because like it's a total just kind of throw you right in the middle of the of the story type opening like mm-hmm. it, you'll just kind of jump in it's not like a flashback or anything like uncharted 4 um and so so far i mean i haven't really gotten invested in the story or the characters even though you know it's chloe and nadine who are established uh, but i just kind of got into the first kind of open jungle era you start off in like a kind of a i think it's like an indian country it's somewhere in asia isn't it india I think it's India. I, I don't know for sure. I, I'm pretty sure the whole game is set in India. It's the whole game in India? Yeah. yeah. It shows you it how much matchup I played it, but um, I didn't want to make any assumptions. So. <laughs> but, yeah, We're so, a video game show, not a geology show. Well, I'm saying you start off, you don't start off in the jungles of India. You start off, like, literally in, like, the, the really, really busy kind of slum area yeah. of India. Yeah. And so I just got it, got into the first more uncharted, open, you know, grassy trees everywhere, waterfalls, uh, part of the game, so... Nice. Hopefully I'll, I'll get a, you know, a couple more chapters in and give you an update what I'm thinking later. But I mean, the game looks great. It's really, really pretty. Yeah. It's that Uncharted 4 engine. So um, yeah, I know that Very Destiny nice. 2, which we're going to talk about later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, what about you? Because I know I have only played Destiny 2, really. Oh, really? Yeah. So I played... Um, so this one's for uh, Jeff, particularly. I was playing through Ratchet and Clank. Um, yeah, baby. We called it a uh, palette refresher um, after playing through such a heavy RPG in Mass Effect Andromeda. And so I actually finished that this this last week. Um, it's an awesome game. I really enjoyed it. It was really, I think the best part about it was how simple and easy it was to jump in and just really feel like you're good at it. Yeah, it's, um, it's not frustrating. It makes you feel powerful and yeah. you're constantly kind of upgrading. Like there's a really good kind of progression system in it as well. And the weapons are super fun. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the best part. The enemy types are a little repetitive, but the weapons are really fun. Well, like, um, there's 
like the disco discotron or whatever. There's literally a weapon that you throw a disco ball, and any enemy within its radius will just start like Passing literally just dance. stopping and dancing like crazy disco moves. And every different enemy in the game has a different animation, including the bosses. So like, yeah. there's over like you know what I think 25 different enemies in the game. So there's 25 different enemy disco animations, and they're just totally wild. And it just it's just really fun to just experiment with all the different you know weapons and stuff. Yeah. And there's even a boss near the end, I won't spoil it for anyone, so don't worry, who uses the Grooveton, is what it's called, against you. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to funny, dance, too. Then you have to dance, and you're trying to destroy the Groovetons while not getting hit. It's super fun. The beat it was a good is game. too funky. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was really enjoyable. I really, really appreciated playing through that. It's a Jeff's awesome. copy, so I borrowed it, like, I don't know back in december and just got around to playing it so <laughs> um i, I want to get it back i want to try it on the pro i heard heard it's really really pretty on the pro. yeah so I'll, I'll get that back to you um then after that i bought horizon zero dawn not too long ago for like 15 bucks uh, i was on a huge sale so i was nice like deal. all right i gotta gotta pick this up and i started playing it um made it basically through the intro area stuff um starts a little slow it starts from a I little remember. slow, but I think one of the things I jump into RPGs and when I jump into RPGs like this, I immediately start trying to figure out how what weapons I need to level up, where what skills I need to get up to, and so I already ha- I think I'm already at level eight or nine, and I haven't even left. I'm just now leaving the starting area, and I think wow, more often nice. I think you're only like most players when they play through it only hit like level three when they finish yeah, it i think i was at three or four very thorough right? so, I, I like the intro though because I, I liked how it kind of it had a cool story so I yeah really so far the story's been really interesting mm-hmm. i'm really loving kind of some of the like cultural stuff that it puts in there like it's a made-up culture it made yeah. up cultures but you know talking to some of the people it's really interesting how they treat you and how that different stuff works out so that's been cool um i'll have more to say about that as i get more into the game but I mean, literally cavemen people versus <laughs> robot dinosaurs. I mean, what more yeah. can you well, say? That, that's cool that you, you're already that invested and interested in the story. I remember it took me almost halfway through the game before I really started getting invested in the story and the lore and, like, started reading, like, you know, the, the data logs and kind of the things you find. Um, so I think if, if you're already really loving the story, you're you're in for just even even uh, better stuff uh, moving forward. Well, and I, I think for me, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd I mean, obviously, we're on a video game <laughs> podcast, but I'm a huge nerd when it comes to the lore type stuff, and so I really enjoy talking Good, and yeah. getting There's into that stuff. It. So, like, that's been one of the bane of my existence in like Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Is there's so much lore, or even like Mass Effect and Drama? I get like all the Mass Effect games. I know way too much about those games simply because I've read everything. <laughs> so, so here's what I'm assuming, Rob. You're not getting Destiny 2 because there's no more grimoire cards to fill out the sweet, sweet lore. Is that correct? It's true. It's you, true. You, you can't can't uh, read those every night before you go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. But and actually, I think my biggest reason why I'm not getting Destiny 2 is because Nathan Fillion's character is an NPC, not your playable character. <laughs> Uh, if I could, if I could literally be Nathan Fillion's character and wander around the world and have him make snarky comments and, and these things the whole game, I would have bought it like well ten he, years ago. He does make snarky comments throughout the whole game, and he actually does so, make uh, you know pretty good good appearances throughout the game. Like you does. fight alongside him, there's lots of yeah. missions revolving yeah. around his character. So 
it, it's, if it's I could play cool. as him, it would just be that much better. So. All right. Um, and then the other game I played, I played through the uh, NBA 2K18 Prelude, which is available for free on PS uh, Plus or PS Store, PSN and I think on it's on um, Xbox, too. X, Xbox yeah, Network Xbox as well. And, and so, um, and I actually played through it, and I was talking to Nathan a little bit about it, and then I couldn't. It was kind of one of those things where I finished playing it. I was like, okay, I need to compare it. So I actually went back and played NBA 2K17 to kind of compare yeah. styles and everything. See if it's actually different. <laughs> it is. It is very different. I think okay. what I found is the shot. The the two big things that you really need like to to have a good 2K game is are does the game handle and the gameplay is it real does it feel like you're actually controlling a basketball team basketball player as well as um just like overall is it good flow good graphics like as far as the gameplay we don't really care about stories in 2k games so (laughs) um but the the game the shot meter feels a little bit more natural in 2k18 than it does in 17 um it's even simpler which is, I think, simpler is better than making it overly complicated. Um, yeah. And then it also felt like the flow overall, just like being able to get to the basket and make buckets and kind of play the game in whatever kind of way you wanted to, mm-hmm. was a little bit easier in 2K18. It just flowed a little better than 17, but it was so, there's not a huge difference, yeah. I think. So overall, so, thumbs up. You like the direction it's going in? Overall, I like it. It's sound. It's a good game. I'm not gonna buy it because I have 17. That that's good to hear because that's Cause the best thing about 2K. Those 2K games is they have a really good flow where you feel like you know, oh, I make I made three passes around. Now I have a better chance of making my shot, and yeah, it feels yeah, a lot more the, like you're actually playing. Would be playing mm-hmm. a real basketball game. Um, yeah, just being able to get your other players to the basket and feed them and you f- have them, you know, them act like an actual teammate. There's only one time, which I'm sure my wife can't testify to this because I was screaming at the TV. <laughs> one of the, this big, tall, white guy, and he basically just grabbed the ball and held it until the shot meter was about to expire and then shot. <laughs> it's like dude, it's what those in... tall white guys do. As a tall white guy, I can attest to that. <laughs> Wait, we're all tall white guys. Exactly. So. Uh, that's nice. my 2K impression. I'm sure I will be playing it sometime in the next couple months. So, so Nathan, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2. Um, and why is that? Why, why are you playing so much Destiny 2? What, what do you like? Uh, everything? <laughs> I mean, here's there's a couple really big points. Um, so, pick up Destiny 2, um, start off, and you're thrown right into kind of the middle of the story. This conflict begins. And the intro for Destiny 2 is actually really cool because you play through kind of this big explosive mission. You have all your powers. It's a lot of fun. And then all of that gets taken away. It mm-hmm. reminds me of a tiny bit of like Metroid yeah. where they, you play a little bit and then you lose all of your powers. And then you have to go about for the rest of the game kind of reacquiring your powers and then re-leveling up your character, getting better guns, um, etc. The story, um, it's not gonna win like a nobel prize for best story ever or anything like that but it's very easy to understand the characters were easy to care about and i started to be able to relate to them very well i understood the plot points that were happening like i wasn't yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
when we were playing the game, like I played through the game almost the entire game with you. Yeah. And when there were cut scenes and stuff like that that came up, we would stop talking and actually listen to what was going on and <laughs> stuff like that instead of just talking. Well, that's already a step up over that. Destiny One. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're, you're not taking your pee breaks during the cutscenes anymore. <laughs> yeah. which, which is great. And you know, like you said, it's it's not you know an Uncharted Four or a Horizon Zero Dawn or you know some really big RPG that has a great fleshed out story. It's not in the caliber of that, but it's as far as a you know, first person shooter. Um, I'd say this is one of the the better stories and better campaigns out there, and it's it's pretty meaty. It probably takes at least eight hours to beat yeah, just to the main the campaign. And campaign. for me, it, I didn't beat it until I was probably fifteen twenty hours in, just because. You know, as I'm running to different missions, I'm like, oh, there's a public event. Oh, there's this other side mission. There's lots of different stuff um, to do that are really fun and rewarding. Yeah. So kind of the main game, there's these different open world areas that you kind of run through. And that's how you progress through your missions. But that's also how you can start kind of all these different random side quests. Like they have these things called adventures, which are basically mini side side quests that are mini side stories yeah. within the Destiny world. Um, for the most part, they're well thought out the stories they tell are interesting Mm -hmm. and they have pretty good level design yeah Um, like that's that's one of the things i really um one of the biggest things i like about destiny 2 so far is you know you do have these four planets um and they're all new planets and destinations not you know recycling anything from d1 and the the areas are a lot more bigger they're a lot more open and you know rather than having to say okay i'm going to select the moon and play this mission, fly into that mission, do that mission, and then I have to fly back out to orbit. It's like, just fly to the planet and just run over and start any any mission you want. You can mm-hmm. fast travel to the other side okay, of the island yeah. or the other side of the, the planet if you want. And there's just, you know, missions all over the place just scattered around you can do. And those adventures are one of my favorite parts because they're not like a main campaign story, but they feel like a main campaign story. Yeah. Like, they're telling oh, really interesting good. narratives and stories. The missions can range anywhere from 10 to, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And sometimes there's multiple steps to them. So it tells a story over a few different missions. There's exotic quests that tell stories that give you really powerful rewards at the end. And like, it's really, really rewarding. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like so rewarded as a destiny two player in this first week of the game while in like destiny one, like I didn't, I think I had like one purple engram at the end of the first, the first week. I didn't have any exotics. I think I got my first exotic like a month or two after the game came out. I already have like <laughs> nine exotics and it's like yeah. a weekend. So like it's definitely g- giving you a lot more rewards, which obviously was one of the biggest problems when D1 originally um, launched. It wasn't very rewarding. It was very grindy. You had to just keep playing the yeah. same thing and hope you got the drop. But I'm getting drops all over the place, which is awesome. Yeah, and it's it once you finish the main story, your power level is about 200. And they announced... Uh, I think it was yesterday that to be able to do the raid, which is kind of the main feature of Destiny, it's supposed to be the best kind of feature of the entire game. The, this is where all the crazy puzzle comes in, multiple step boss fights, etc. You have to um, play it with you, you know, have your to play own with a team, team of, of your own fire team of mm-hmm. six people. Um, and they announced that you only have to be two sixty light to do that, which I mean that requires be, um, playing beyond the main campaign. But there's so much stuff to do. And you level up relatively quickly that it doesn't even feel like a grind to be able to get up to the required light level. Yeah. So hopefully, 
a lot of people will be like, oh, sure, I'll put in another five hours to get up to that light level or power level to be able to play. It's definitely the most accessible the raid has ever been. And that was a goal that they said. They're like, yep. you know, we looked at our D1 like trophies and stuff and there wasn't very many people who had complete one raid. Like that was a pretty low percentage of players that did that. And it was just the same low percentage doing the raids over and over. And so it being 260, like you don't even really need to do drops. You don't need to power level or do grinding if you're just playing the game you'll get to 260 like without really much effort if you just play the game like, yeah you, if you just play through there. some of the adventures and play some public events and do some strikes and stuff like yeah that. which is great like i've i've always had the problem of in destiny one my friends would power level and they played all nine day they took you know a week off work and they would just play all day and you know they would get all the right drops and everything and they would like barely be ready for the raid and i'm like I can maybe join you for the raid in like a couple of weeks or a month. Like I'm not even get gonna get close to that. And by then, you know, most people aren't really doing it anymore. It's you know, people, there's certain yeah. strategies that are all. This is yeah. what we do for this Yeah, you don't get boss. to discover it all on your own. It's yeah, it's it's not as fun. So it's cool. So I guess. Like, go ahead, Rob. I I was just gonna ask. You know, one of the things he you know we were talking about when Destiny Two was first announced is how can they make it better than Destiny One. You guys have already kind of mentioned a few of those things, but, like, overall, like, do you feel like they improved on the things that were wrong with Destiny 1? I would say for the most part, yes. Um, you know, the rewards were not good in Destiny 1 for the most part. Jumping to different activities took, took a long time. You were yeah. sitting in orbit for a long time. Um the lag in Crucible was usually pretty bad in Destiny 1. I haven't received any lag yet because they have their own private, you know, Bungie servers instead of having, you know, hosts um, on your, on consoles. And then um, the main story, like, that was probably my biggest complaint when Destiny 1 first came out. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, the Halo games, they have awesome campaigns and stories. And going into Destiny, I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. This is stupid. Like, what? What just happened? And... You know, eventually I moved on. I'm like, hey, you know, the story doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, it's fun gunplay. It's fun shooting aliens, and the gameplay itself is fun. But actually having a story that's really interesting and fun to play made it a pretty pretty solid experience, you know. And once you beat that, and once you beat the main campaign, that's when the real game begins, you know. <laughs> You're just starting into Destiny with how much content and how much things are in there. Um, Content-wise, at launch, there's I think this is definitely the biggest Destiny launch effort that says more content than any expansion or that D1 launched with or anything like there's so much to do um in the first expansions you know right around the window at, uh, in December too so yeah it's... and they're gonna keep adding mm. more like the raid is coming out tomorrow morning and then trials is this weekend if you like multiplayer yeah. and they're gonna do something called the faction wars in a couple weeks and yeah so there'll be more and more content continually coming through I will say the the art in Destiny <clears throat> 2 like Destiny 1 always had pretty good art like you know, that's kind of Bungie's trademark is, like, having the the nice uh, vistas and spectacle. You know, you look into the background, like, oh, They're wow. huge, really nice-looking set pieces. Yeah, those nice set pieces. Yeah. Oh, look, there's the giant Halo ring you know, curving above the top of the screen. The first time you see that in Halo, it's so cool. Um, yeah. Destiny 2 has so many of that moments where you're just kind of, like, going through a mission, and you're like, oh, wow, I just kind of need to stop and just look at everything that's, you know, animated in the background and the awesome art and the the sound design, the the way the guns sound, the way the the new music, the score is definitely an improvement over the original Destiny. It has a lot more like emotion and stuff in it. Um, it just really really flows together and is a really really 
a nice overall package. It's definitely yeah. got this like so much uh, shine and polish that Bungie's kind of kind of yeah. known for. And it improves on Destiny One, I feel like in almost every single way, but it doesn't necessarily change the formula. Like it's not, it's still not the game that some people I think wanted Destiny One to be, like mm-hmm. a giant shooter mm-hmm. MMO with kind of seamless open world where you were always in the same world just going to different places and stuff like that um, yeah there was still different flying to planets and you're still flying and, to destinations yeah exactly so it's not what some people really hope destiny one w- would be but it is an improvement on destiny one in almost every single way and would you go ahead what would be some of the uh like the besides the fact that it doesn't quite live up to the Destiny 1, you know, hype expectations, which we kind of figured it wouldn't. Yeah. It doesn't really change up the formula. What would you say would be some of the downsides or the issues or problems or things that you haven't enjoyed as much with Destiny 2 so far? I would say, uh, for me, it's uh, fire team limits because they switched the Crucible, which is a PvP, you know, fighting against other teams. It used to be 6v6 for almost all modes in destiny one and they switch it to 4v4 um which is fine like the the matches are really fun like it plays fine but um you can do that with four people but every other activity in the game um whether you're just patrolling through planets or doing story or adventures or the nightfall um those are all three yep which feels really weird and so um i'm okay if i can't take six into the crucible even though you know that was really fun doing that with you know a bunch of friends um, in D- Destiny 1, but I would love to be able to have four people in my fire team while I'm doing, you know, other activities in Destiny. Like, yeah, I, I don't mean, understand I think, why they, they can't add that in at this point. I think, I remember talking about this in Destiny 1, where we wanted our fire teams to be the same as Crucible and have six people mm-hmm. in our fire team because we were like, we'd have a group of like five people and we'd be like, we all want to play together and yet we can't because we can only have up to three people. Yeah. And that hasn't changed at all. Um, obviously multiplayer crucible it went down you can only have four now and it's still only three for everything else so that's definitely disappointing and like i mean i ran into the awkward situation once uh the other day where we had a team of four of us playing crucible and then um i wanted to you know go do do a step on this quest and this mission and i was like hey i'm gonna go to this mission um kind of the awkward like who wants to leave and not come along with me since I'm the fire team leader and not everyone can come. And so it just, it, it's kind of strange. I mean, when the raid launches, you can do that with six people, which, which will be good, but that's totally kind of a different activity. That's a really big time investment that yeah. you're really, really mm-hmm. focused. It's not really something, Oh, I'm just going to jump in, you know, and relax and just kind of do some public events or anything. So um, I'd say that that is kind of a bummer and hopefully that is something that will change later on. Um, and then the fact that they made shaders uh, consumables and part of their Eververse like microtransaction system from day one, uh, I'm not a big fan of. They're yeah. kind of pushing their their microtransactions more in Destiny One, and you know, um, they they do give you basically a reward every time you level up past twenty. They give you a engram that gives you some of those items. So about probably every two hours, yeah, two, three hours, well, every few hours. But um, it does scale, and so at the beginning you're going to get them every two or three hours. Yeah. But after you know a couple months, you're only going to get one maybe once a week or something. They, it, mm-hmm. You're not not going to get your hit as much, and so, I mean, if they're kind of already starting this heavy with a microtransaction push, um, I can only imagine what's going to happen when they start doing you know seasonal events and other things. 
Um, and so, I mean, I'm just not a big fan of microtransactions in general, and especially yeah. a big budget game like this. Like, this game does not need microtransactions to fund its development. This game well, and the fact sold that they so have, well. They you, have paid expansions that are coming out as well. Yeah. Like that expansion yeah. that comes out in December, you have to pay an extra 20 or 30 bucks for or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, there, there's paid expansions where we already you know, bought the base game and they're trying to get more money out of us. And, you know, look at a game like maybe The Witcher, um, The Witcher 3. That game did not have any microtransactions. It was a huge, fully fleshed out game at launch. Then they put out multiple DLC campaigns that people bought and were really, really happy with. And there was there was no microtransactions to fund any of that development, like you know, companies are selling you. So I don't know. It's 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 kind of that slippery slope. They've been putting it more and more on Destiny One and Destiny Two. They're already putting a lot in. So yeah, kind of kind of worried. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the, a minor the saddest complaint. thing is just the fact that shaders. It makes me hesitant to use them because you get a fair amount of them, but I'm like, what if I want to use this for something else? And I use it and I can't, don't have it anymore, and I have to go somehow earn it again. Yeah, and with with shaders too, you're you're it's getting new armor drops. and weapons mm-hmm. so so quickly. So like, if you're leveling up, you're not at like max level or max uh, power light or whatever it is. Um, you're not gonna put a shader on the chest you're using because you're like, oh, you know, in thirty in minutes, I'm gonna get one that's more powerful. I'm not gonna use this one yeah. anymore. And so it is It is kind of a weird, weird problem. But overall, you know, it's definitely an improvement. It's still Destiny. If you just generally didn't like, you had zero fun playing the original Destiny just because you didn't like the gameplay, like, don't don't get Destiny 2. Yeah, it's, you, won't, it's you more, won't like it. It's more Destiny. But if your problem was, eh, the story wasn't great, um, I didn't like how much time I had to sit in orbit, and I just didn't feel like there was too much to do, and it was too grindy, um, Maybe give give Destiny two a shot. It definitely fixed a lot of hmm. those a lot of those problems. It definitely gives me a little bit more hope because I know one of my biggest issues with Destiny was a little bit of the story as well as it just nothing really grabbed me about the game, mm-hmm. and also you know it felt a little grindy at times. And so I think, and I didn't play a whole lot of it, but you know it's kind of those are some things that you guys said that give me a little bit more hope for Destiny two. And I don't know, I'm probably not going to get it, but. It makes me want it just a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is, if you wait a year, you can get it with all the expansions and everything for probably 30 or 40 bucks or something, and you'll be able to save a lot of money in time <laughs> as well. Exactly. Um, or even yeah. if, I'm sure, you know, in a year, you could just buy base Destiny without the expansions for probably, you know, 10, 10 15 bucks, and then if you did like it, you know, get those expansions later, so... Um, that is a nice thing. Yeah. I think Destiny 1 sells for like $2 at GameStop now like yeah. with no expansions. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, so, I think that's about the end of our show. Let us know uh, what you think about Destiny 2. Uh, there is a Nintendo Direct tomorrow. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be tweeting out our impressions, our thoughts. Hopefully, we get some exciting announcements. They said it's going to be about 45 minutes long. It's going to be 45 minutes, minutes long, which is, I think, the longest Nintendo yeah. Direct in a and I, while. And they're not really saying it's focused on just the switch or focused on just 3ds like it's i think it's gonna be kind of all-encompassing so yes. uh, yeah they probably have a lot of things see. they're going to announce so my, my bold prediction is super smash bros will finally be unleashed for the nintendo switch it's either going to start it or it's going to end the direct that my is bold prediction. very bold i think they're uh, going to get their um virtual console They'll announce virtual console. They'll announce like more details and maybe a date. Will they launch? Yeah, I like, think a virtual date. console tomorrow. Will it just be like, and <laughs> no. it's out now? I would love Go that. Play no. These three games. no, no way in heck no. that's happening. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. They're going to announce it. They're going to announce a date. 
for when it will launch, and it'll probably be December, January. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. That's my prediction. prediction That's uh, my prediction. Oh gosh. My my bold prediction is that Animal Crossing for Switch will get announced. And it is coming out sometime in the first quarter next year. The only game they have announced early for next year is that Fire Emblem game. Yeah. They need more games coming out in that time frame, and I think Animal Crossing could be a great one. A new Animal Crossing, or just a remaster of the old one? No, no, no new Animal Crossing. Well, they're pretty much all the new same. Animal, for okay. Switch. Um, <laughs> beautiful HD graphics. It's never actually been in HD before, so... I guess that would Realistic be exciting. graphics. I just want Metroid uh, Samus Returns to come to Switch. Like that game came out, or the reviews came out this week, and it's like a solid like eighty eight percent on Metacritic. It's getting like nines across the board. It looks really really solid, but I don't want to play that on my DS. <laughs> I'm hoping that at some point, you know, in the next you know year, that gets ported over to Switch. I, I don't mean to be a port beggar. I know I sound like it sometimes, but um, it's hard to go back to playing in games at two forty p. I've said that before. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, uh, anyways, um, that's our show this week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. Um, we'd love to chat with you guys there. We will leave you with Journey from the original uh, Destiny 2 soundtrack. Have a good week, everyone. See ya.